This is On The Left Side, the funny football show. And I'm Jim. The board is up with Kepa's number and Caballero's number. And Kepa is standing and saying, no, I'm not coming off. You can tell we are now getting into what Sir Alex Ferguson used to call squeaky bum time. That's if he'd even had time to say squeaky bum time before being shoved out the door holding his P45, as is the average lifespan of a Premier League manager now. Midweek fixtures meant midweek trouble, and midweek trouble meant that we lost two more top-flight managers to the chop this week, with Claude Puel and Claudio Ranieri both getting the boot, the latter of which only managed 16 games in charge of Fulham. In other words, he was in the dugout at Craven Cottage for a total of only 24 hours of football, not counting injury time, which means the delivery time on a Claudio Ranieri 2019 calendar from Amazon is longer than the time he actually spent managing the team. Not that I'm complaining, it's well worth the wait. Just look at him smouldering in that July photo shoot. That is going to be a hot month, and not just because it's summer. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, the departures of Claude and Claude EO now means that already this season, which incidentally isn't even nearly over yet, we have seen 25% of top flight managers sacked, making the job only fractionally more secure than working in commercial radio. Ranieri has already been replaced by caretaker boss Scotty Parker, who will be Fulham's sixth manager in just 67 games which is insanity, whilst it's Brendan Rodgers who has stepped into Puel's fashionable loafers at Leicester City. Good old Brendan Rodgers, a man who once came up with the David Brent-esque quote of, I believe a younger player will run through a barbed wire fence for you. An older player looks for a hole in the fence. Wow. Blows my mind, man. So what was it that made Rodgers turn his back on his quote not a massive stepping stone and, quote, dream job north of the wall with Celtic and move to the Midlands where Leicester City are challenging for mid-table mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Well, I think BBC Five Live reporter Jonathan Norcroft has some excellent insight on that. It is a strong dressing room, Leicester. The job is to come in and use those strong characters like Casper Schmeichel, like Jamie Vardy, use, use the character they've got. So true, Johnny. Because if there is one thing that Brendan Rodgers loves, it's a bit of character. We've shown wonderful character this week. We showed great character today. We had to show big character today. Today really showed and demonstrated again the character of the team. What this team and group of players have is is mentality and and good character. You can't question the character. I only need to look at the squad. We we certainly have the, the strength of character. In fact, Brendan loves talking about character so much that it clearly took every single fibre of his being to deliver a message to the Leicester City fans on their social media account where he spoke directly from the heart and didn't at all read just what was on the cue cards in front of him. I'm delighted to be named manager of this fantastic football club. At Leicester City, the foundations are in place for us to grow and achieve many things. Hopefully with my experiences and the talent of the players in our squad, we can be successful together. Delighted? Really, Brendan, then? Try telling your fucking voice. See you all soon. I'm not sure that bit was supposed to sound quite as menacing as it actually does. 
It's half managerial announcement video and half hostage sending a video message back home telling his family not to worry and to please pay the ransom fee. Let's just hope that his family aren't Celtic fans because they won't be coughing up anytime soon if they are. Because the locals at Celtic Park are not at all happy. In fact, a brief glance at social media will tell you that they're bloody furious that Rogers is swapping, as they put it, the chance of immortality for a future of mediocrity. Just take this tweet from Jay McEwen 90. Brendan Rogers is an absolute snake. Not a Celtic fan at all. Or this one from at Patman Farrow. Good morning to everyone except Brendan Rogers because he is a rat bastard. Or this one from at Sparky's Comeover. Brendan Rogers is one of those cunts who would eat every single after eight, then leave behind a box full of empty packets. Or this one from at Lord Vimes 5. Totally inept performance. Manager and team. Sorry, but Rogers has got to go. Hasn't got a clue. Hashtag Rogers out. Oh, hang on. That one's from back in 2015 when Rogers was at Liverpool. Good luck, Leicester City. Well, as that was a scouser, not a Scotsman, you might feel like you've been robbed of a final angry Scotsman. So let's look no further than the perpetually furious Graham Soonis, who was in a particularly grumpy mood in the Sky Sports studio this week. Do you think Liverpool played well today? I thought they did. I thought they dominated the ball up until 18-yard box of Man United. And why are you looking like that? You're not agreeing with me? I'm just wondering if they're agreeing with you. No, it was the way you looked. Fight, 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 fight. Clearly, he's just a bit upset that Paul Pogba is playing pretty bloody well at the moment, so he can't spend an hour after every game slagging off his haircut. I did love that reaction, though. It's half Begbie from Trainspotting and half upset wife. It's not that you're looking at me, it's how you're looking at me. Maybe he's just a little bit grumpy because his beloved Liverpool's lead at the top of the Premier League table has been reduced from an impressive five points ahead to a lacklustre one behind in just one month. That's a gap that's closed faster than a high street shop after a Mike Ashley takeover. Meanwhile, in Manchester, Pep Guardiola's followers are feeling quite chipper, with praise being dished out left, right and centre for the blue half of the city, who continue to impress. Pep has been getting particularly gooey-eyed recently over Bernardo Silva. Drop Bernardo Silva right now is almost impossible. Every, every single gameplay, perfect. Perfect. Get a room. And the media is in hot pursuit with the Metro. You know, that's the newspaper that you usually find on the floor of train carriages. This week, running a headline that read... Why Bernardo Silva is worth his weight in gold. High praise indeed. But is he actually worth his weight in gold? What do you reckon Bernardo Silva actually weighs? 10? Maybe 11 stone? Even if you go for the higher number, that works out as 69 kilograms. 24 karat gold is currently valued at £32,000 per kilo, which means silver's weighting gold is actually around 2.2 million and a bargain at half the price. This information not only throws those Sky Sports squad price comparisons they wheel out every single week into all kinds of turmoil, but also makes that phrase just look a little bit outdated. Instead of worth his weight in gold, do we need to start saying worth his weight in Bernardo Silva's? Pricing up footballers using this golden weight mythology suddenly makes a lot of the world's footballers look like excellent value. Cristiano Ronaldo is now valued at £2.7 million, Leo Messi £2.3 million, and Romelu Lukaku. If you multiply the value of gold by his weight, you get... Wow, that's actually quite a big number. Maybe Romelu's not the best example. 
Actually, the criticism of Lukaku and his weight seems to have died down in recent weeks as Manchester United creep up the table and Lukaku is amongst the goals under the stewardship of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. A man who looks increasingly like he's going to be taking the manager's job full-time in the summer. Ole is breaking all kinds of Premier League records as a new boss. Looks like he could well guide Manchester United to that impossible fourth spot and may even still grab a little bit of silverware before the season's out. It's amazing to think that absolutely anyone could have done that job, according to Paul Ince on BT Sport. Could anyone have done what Ollie has done? Yeah, I, I believe they could, yes. Believe. Yourself? Do you think you could have done what you done? I think I could have gone in at the time they needed someone to kind of mess the ship. I think I could have done that. So true, Incy. I mean, if you're 21 games in charge of Blackburn Rovers, you're 29 games at Notts County and you're 32 games at Macclesfield have taught us anything... It's that you could have done a great job steadying the ship at Manchester United. With that record, even as a caretaker boss, getting to the end of the season might have been a bit of a stretch. Personally, I think it should be 100% guaranteed already that Ole gets that job. If for no other reason, then we get to still hear this amazing chant that's going around Manchester United fans at the moment to the tune of another Manchester anthem. awesome that everyone is getting a little bit carried away right now and the newspapers are keen to jump on the speculation with the daily mirror running a story this week that read five reasons why woodward was at carrington after the manchester united chairman turned up at the club's training ground this week the five reasons they offer are to take a look behind the scenes to try and keep tony valencia at the club to work out a new deal for david de Gea. And here's where they really start grasping at straws, because Carrington needs a spring clean. Then finally, the real reason they've written the article, to give Solskjaer the job full time. That's it, nailed on, debate over, Ole is definitely the man to take charge at Manchester United because Ed Woodward turned up at the training ground. Although before we get too carried away, I'd like to add a sixth potential reason. A theory, really. I mean, it's a crazy one, but maybe... The reason that Ed Woodward, Manchester United chairman, turned up at Carrington, the Manchester United training facility, is because, I I don't know, and it is a little bit silly, but maybe it's because he bloody works there. Just a thought. That's it. We are done for another week of On The Left Side. Make sure you have subscribed to this podcast. Click that subscribe button however you listen to your podcast and you'll get the next show as soon as it's ready. Plus, give us a follow at On The Left Side on Twitter and you'll get even more football funny via, well, via Twitter. See you soon. Bye. On The Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salveson.